0: Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Kerriger. Great to be back with you folks and uh, what a great day it is today. And as always, we're honored to have my co-host and Stephanie Wesco with us. And Stephanie, how are you today?
1: Rejoicing in the
0: Lord, Doug. What one day will do. Praise God. She's rejoicing in the Lord. And we are at a verse talking about rejoicing in the Lord. So we continue on. Yesterday we talked about this conflict that was going on there at the Church of Philippi. And Philippi talked about how much he loved the church and and all those different things. He talked about Eudeus and Synergy and, and how they had served Clement and how they had served him and how they had this great testimony. Yet in the midst of that testimony, craziness was going on and how they had to deal with that and move on and move forward. And and we continue on here in chapter four. And, you know, we're back down on earth. We're learning things we should do and how we should live our lives and how we should be. And and, and I had mentioned yesterday, and I mentioned this a lot during our podcast, that as we deal with PTSD and those folks who have PTSD are hurting hearts. And I think everybody qualifies to listen to this broadcast, Stephanie. I think Everybody's had a hurt and I think everybody's life's been upside down. I think everybody has been where Eudeus and Synergy have been. I I think yeah. we've all walked some of these places. But we need to remember. We need to keep our focus on that. Paul's still in prison and he's in Rome and uh, he's he's still under the you know the care of the emperor and and uh, I mean he's still uh, handcuffed and shackled or chained to another dude. And I think he's winning these people to the Lord. and We're gonna see proof of that in just a minute. And uh, actually we read this chapter together yesterday, uh, last evening, just to talk about some of the things we'd be talking about today. And so we get to 4-4, but please remember that Paul's in a bad place too. He had been shipwrecked, beaten, shipwrecked a couple times, beaten a few times, left for dead, upside down. He's in jail, he's chained down. And now he's given us words to live by, inspired by God Almighty. And, and then he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say, rejoice. So Paul's answers to all life's problems are God and rejoicing in him. And, and uh, you know, that's where the power comes from. That's where the care comes from. In the midst of terrible things, he's saying, you know what? Rejoice in the Lord. Uh, over in Psalm 23, 4, maybe he's talking about that. It says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And uh, boy, life can be grim. Life can be bad. Paul knows that. You know, he's, he's handcuffed. He's, he's shackled. He's chained to a dude. He can't use the restroom without all this stuff being par- And I hate to say that, but you need that image to know that you think you're having a bad day. Paul's there. But when god inspires you when god illuminates his word when god i mean life can be grim life can be upside down uh life can be in a really bad place and uh, look at joseph and and something we've talked about and and you know we've got to do a whole podcast i think sometime just on joseph's life i know we've done a little bit of that but we really got to dig into that again stephanie Uh, but you know he said as for you he said to his brothers you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. And, and uh, you know, Paul wants to be the good part. And, you know, when you think about this, Stephanie, you think about there's Paul. He's in jail, and he's telling us he's, he's, he's got all these problems in life. He You know, he's probably getting fed what people will bring him because they didn't feed you back then. People took care of you or you died. And so he's kind of relying on just what God has to say, and he says just rejoice in the Lord. And and how does that hit you, Stephanie? Just rejoice. What if somebody walked up to you after your greatest trial of your life, and and Charles being shot there in Cameroon, and and the world being upside down? They looked at you and said, "Just rejoice in the Lord." How do you do that? Where are we at? <clears throat>
1: well, <clears throat> I think this is where it's very important to remember that there's a difference between rejoicing in our circumstances and mm. rejoicing in who God is. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to confuse the two. And um, especially, you know, for those who have been through trauma, who have been through abuse, who have been through unspeakable things, there's not, doesn't always feel like there's anything to rejoice in or to rejoice over. And I think it's very important to remember that he just doesn't say rejoice. He says rejoice in the Lord always and um, you know when you go through and you and you think of all the verses throughout Scripture that tell us who our God is to us you know that he's our high tower he's our rock he's our fortress he's our strength he's our song he's um, that hope when everything yeah. seems hopeless he's the one who answers our prayers he's the one that hears our cries when there's no one else around to be there with us, you know, he's that one who never leaves us or forsakes us, and that's what we're to rejoice in. And um, I'll be honest with you: the day Charles was killed, I li- I didn't feel like I had anything to rejoice in that yeah. day. Yeah, and yet I do remember having uh, just a sense of the presence of God that was real like never before in my life. And that caused me to rejoice in my God. That was the only thing I had to rejoice in. And I don't know that I would have qualified it as rejoicing, but resting in him and who he was that day was the only thing that kept me sane. Wow. And I think that's important to remember as we go through these trials of life and things that overwhelm us, you know, when those waves and those billows just, you know, seem like they're going to cause us to drown, of remembering that our God is the one we can always cling to and always trust. And this is given to us as a command. And I think that's important to remember that God isn't saying, hey, if it's possible, you know, if you if you can muster it up, Rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. This is a given to us as a command along with this, you know, the next two verses also have commands. Yeah. And um these these things are not possible to do unless you know the Lord Jesus as your savior and unless you're walking with him. And I think that's very important to remember that these things will be the outflow of walking with the Lord. Yeah, and yeah. um Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where i say this take
0: that that verse takes me yeah it's a that's a good place and some of you folks may be hearing some thunder and uh certainly there's thunder and lightning going on right now as we're doing this podcast safely inside of a building uh but you know i in in, in theology and in bi- bibliology and when you're reading your bible and when you're studying and when you're putting uh, different things together and you you're trying to have your hermeneutics or things match the right things and study things out. Some of the things we look at as preachers is the, you know, the law of first mention or the law of a double mention. And and what we have here is is the law of the character of a double mention because it says rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So when God says rejoice in the in the Lord always, you know that's enough but God mentions it twice. It's that character of the second mention in the same verse. In other words, you know, rejoice in the Lord, I say rejoice. You know, you got to keep on rejoicing. I say rejoice. And and that's the Lord's way of saying, hey, you better keep doing this. And, and uh, this is something you need to do. And uh, the Lord can restore things in our life. And, you know, we see that in Joel 2.25, he restored what the locusts had eaten. We've He's restored things in my life. Uh, he is, you know, in, in Philippians 3.21, he's able to subdue things uh, that, you know, people acted evil against us. We see this next verse, as you mentioned, Stephanie, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And that, that word moderation in this context or in this particular use is like this forbearance or yieldedness. And it, it speaks of a selfless approach. It It, it speaks of... You know, knowing the whole story, having the right attitude, doing the right things, you know, and Abraham uh, over there in Genesis 13:8 said, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and uh, for we be brethren. And, and, and I think that's what Paul's getting at is, uh, you know, people who are saved, fellow Christians, we're brethren. We're fellow yoke fellow, as he said here in chapter 4. Uh, We're yoke fellow. I mean, this is still going on. We, you know, we're part of the same family. We're part of the family of God. And uh, so we're, we're told to rejoice. And then, you know, as part of being told to rejoice, Stephanie, this is what, this is what's catching my attention. He's saying, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. He's saying, be holy. Be, you know, be yielded, listen to people, know the whole story. Don't fly off the handle. Don't jump into conclusions. Don't, uh, you know, don't mess things up cause you're in a hurry. Calm down, be, be discreet, be, be loving. And I mean, when you think of that, from that perspective, Stephanie, that let your moderation, and how can you let your moderation be known? How does somebody do that? I think
1: this is very important. Um, this means this is a way of life for you. Um, for your moderation to be known to all men, this is a consistent way of life for you. And I don't think your moderation can be known to all men. I don't think your lifestyle will, you know, display this. If you're not rejoicing in the Lord, if you're not, you know, this, this kind of builds on each other, I think to a certain extent. And, um, I think if your moderation is known to all men, this is a lifestyle. You know, this is your every day in and day out. This is what characterizes you.
0: And that's how Um, how people should know us or see us. Right, right,
1: exactly. It's it's our reputation. This has to do with your good name. You know, it talks about, um, I believe it's in Proverbs, about a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And this is where you have that good name. This um, This is who you are, and it's known everybody knows this about you because this is your life. You're, you're the same wherever you are. Um, and I think moderation makes me think of someone who is, um, is happy, is joyful in the Lord. And also is, has a calm spirit. Yeah. They're not a fly off the handle person. There's, um, there's a meekness, there's a self control, all of those things being evidenced in your life. And because of, and I think it's important, he says the Lord at the hand. In other words, you are living in such a way that you're ready for if the Lord would come back today, I'm pleasing him. And everyone around you knows that's how you're living. And that's yeah. like, wow, that's what our life is supposed to display Yeah, everywhere all the time.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the example we were just talking about between Lot and Abraham, you know, Abraham just let yeah. Lot go. He's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth this to keep this convoy and you can see, you know, Abraham as far as his eyes could see in every direction, you know, God gave Abraham and his people all that. And you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, sometimes knuckleheads can really mess people up. And uh yeah. you know what God's saying is Boy, you did what you could do. You know, you you've handled the biblical conflict. If need be, you you've dealt with it with a pastor level, but sometimes you just gotta let go of certain things. Sometimes you just gotta just gotta keep going. And uh, and, and it says that as we go into four six in that very familiar verse, I've heard it quoted probably thousands of times without exaggeration, with no hyperbole, uh, just in those you know, I guess it's been 27, 28 years since I've accepted the Lord. I've heard these words quoted, uh, but be careful for nothing is the first part of that verse. And I wanted to stop at A or the first part of 4.6 because that word careful means anxious. And uh, it means don't get all wound up, take no thought, you know, uh, don't let it ruin your life. And, you know, we see that in Matthew 6, we know, uh, you know, take no thought, but be careful, full of, don't be over anxious for your life. What you shall eat, or what you shall drink, or yet for your body what you shall put in, uh, put on, is not the life more than meat in the body than raiment. Uh, raiment, and we remember that from Matthew six. You know what we can't add a cubic to our height. Uh, we we can't do all those things. And uh, you know over there, I think Matthew okay. six as well. I'm trying to remember six thirty three.
1: Take no thought for your raiment. Is that what
0: you're after? Yeah, well, I want to go past that too. It's Matthew
1: 630,
0: first. Uh, 6.33. Seek ye yeah. first the kingdom of God. Yeah, I probably should have looked, I should have probably wrote that down, but it just came to mind. <laughs> in, in, in the kingdom of God. And then all these things, I think it says, will be added uh, to you. So seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I think that's the example we're looking for here, Stephanie, that we're talking to our uh, our yeah. peeps about, our brethren out here, listening to this broadcast is, listen, take no thought for this stuff. Give it to God. It's hard. Some of you are saying, well, listen, I'm wound up tighter than eight, eight day clock. Me too. Stephanie too. We're wound up people. We worry about things, but we we grapple with things using God and his word. That's how we can calm down. I found this great poem before I pass it back to you, Stephanie, where uh, be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing, it says, send a robin to the sparrow. I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, I suppose that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. And Liz Cheney wrote that years ago but that poem really talks about that be careful for nothing and so you hear that stephanie and admittedly uh you and i are wound up people we don't you know we don't want to hold anything back uh from those our brethren out there listening to us and stuff we're wound up people and and how do we how do we put that into practice where we're careful where we be careful uh how do we do that we're not anxious how do we do that
1: Well, first of all, this verse is extremely convicting and I think for anyone who has PTSD this this verse Yeah. You wanna read you read it and go, God, why'd you put that in there? Yeah. Because again, this is put as a command, this isn't put as an option. And um, you know, you Doug, you know I'm like one of the worst people in the world at freaking out um especially now um since charles was killed and um i literally live um in a mode of almost holding my breath for you know that's where my flesh goes of what's the next bad thing that's going to happen in the world what's the next bad thing that's going to happen to me or to my kids and that's just where i live and um then we're in a car accident and um you know I find out the next day they thought my neck was broken and all I knew was I really didn't want to breathe I really had no desire to even live um for a couple hours in there and it wasn't that I didn't care about my kids or anything it was just literally like my body went into complete shock and all of that so now all of that freak out mode is gotten a little higher. And so you deal with all of that and then you read a verse like this. And I love the fact that the the most precious part of this verse is not the command given at the beginning. If all God said was be careful for nothing. And then he moved to verse eight. I would be left feeling completely hopeless
0: Boy, ain't that the truth. Yeah, that's the truth.
1: And I think for me, what's so precious about this is God didn't just He didn't just slap us and say, Stop worrying about things. Don't you know I'm God? Don't you know I, I've given you all of these other promises that you can cling to and just read your Bible and study it and memorize all those verses and claim those promises and get with the program. No, God says be careful for nothing. And then he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so it's like God gives a solution. And I think um, 1 Thessalonians um, 5, is it 16, that says pray without ceasing, yeah. 17 comes into play here for me because it's not a, it's not an exaggeration to say, that in order for me to obey the first part of verse six i have to spend the majority of my time that i'm not on the phone with someone or you know writing or whatever i'm having to pray because that's the only thing that will keep my heart and mind from freaking out over things yeah and um he says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and um, that, you know, that concept of coming to God and thanking him that we can come to him, thanking him that he has given us those promises, that we can claim those promises, and thank him for his faithfulness, and make those requests be made known unto God, and, you know, the Lord says pray without ceasing, and so he's given us the open door to come to him 24-7, 60 seconds out of a minute. 60 minutes out of an hour it does not matter you know 24 hours out of the day every moment of our lives we can come before god with requests and supplications and know that he is there and then verse seven is so precious and it says and the peace of god which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus and that verse is was precious to me before charles was killed but the day he was killed, that verse became so precious, because I had nothing I could do that day but cry out to God.
0: Yeah, and look for that and peace that passeth all understanding. Yes.
1: And he gave it,
0: he yeah, gave that yeah.
1: peace. And it's supernatural, it's never. It, it's not something I'll ever be able to explain, but that peace is real. And I think if we focus on the just the command of be careful for nothing, you'll become hopeless because that's impossible to do. Yeah. In yeah. our flesh it's impossible. There's too many there's too many things to freak out over. There's too many things to worry about.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But because God has given us a way of escape because he has given us entrance to that throne room of grace, we can obey that command. He gives us the grace and the strength and the confidence to be able to obey because he's given us
0: the way yeah, to he deal has. with that
1: worry and that fear. And I just it's Amen. precious to me.
0: It is precious. And, and and just going back to four six for a minute in four six the second part, we remember be careful for nothing. And then in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. It's going to God. It's going to that heavenly Father. And I'm reminded of the story of a church I went to years ago and a lot of churches do this where Uh, on Sunday they'll have like a a little kid offering where uh, someone Emmy's age or Caleb's age will run around and they'll shake a little bottle or a bucket and they'll pick up quarters for missions or uh, for something to send missionaries a Christmas gift or whatever the case will be. In the church we went to they would shake the quarters up and you know these kids would run around and and actually uh, adults would put money in the kids hands and then People like Emmy and Caleb would put it inside the bucket and see who could make the most noise. And it was just a joyous time of giving. And one time this new visitor came to church and the young boy didn't realize it was a visitor. And he went over there and he was shaking his box in front of him, looking for change for his box. And and the visitor gave some money, but then after church, the father grabbed the young boy and said, now remember, we everybody in church knows what's going on. This is our penny offering to help missions and do those kind of things but never ask a visitor for money. Uh, you come to me and I'll make sure you get the money. And the kid said, well, why will you make sure you get the money? He said, because you're my father. Because uh, I'm your father and your father takes care of your needs. You come to your father and ask the questions. And, and I think that's what God wants us. Be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, knowing we're not only praying for and, and asking for supplication for folks and things of that nature but we're doing it with thanksgiving because we know that the person that we pray to can answer our prayers this isn't some personal thing that we can make up to or ascribe to or work ourselves up to recently i've been reading about the kingdom of cults and different things like that, and I've kind of been fixated for about six or seven months on the cult of Scientology, where they have no God. They start people off saying, you could be a Scientologist and a Baptist or a Catholic, whatever you may be, but by the time you get to a certain level and have spent thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, you can just, because you're replacing God, you become this Satan level where it's just craziness, and it's outside of, of any way that anyone could believe a scientist named L. Ron Hubbard, who never really graduated from college, uh, came up with this religion. And, and what God's saying to us is, don't be, you know, be careful for nothing. I'm the true and living God. Come to me. And folks, can we say that? Come to me. Come to me. Come to God. And so with the idea of this broadcast, let's have the idea uh, that be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Trust God. It's a great honor to come across and broadcast to you. It's an honor for Stephanie and I to do this. Please take the time and stop by our Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits, and drop us a note or our personal pages. We'd love to hear from you. We're praying for you daily. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast,